Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill of other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pink Axe Pundit Show. I am Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com, and you are listening to the Pink Axe Pundit Show on Nothing But Net Radio, part of the Dash Radio Network. Um, what's uh, we got a big, big show this week. We had quite a few, uh, quite a few games. A big homestand for the Nuggets, and I want to get into. I wanted to get into all three since we since we talked last week, so we want to get into that. Um, also, we'll talk about Emmanuel Moutier and his play. And then uh, tonight, we've got uh, the Orlando Magic in town. That game kicks off here in just a couple of hours. So if we get some time, we'll get a quick preview in of the Magic and what we might expect for tonight. So let me get to my co-hosts, also members of DenverStiffs.com. First, all the way out in Los Angeles, California, it is Mr. Mike Olson. Mike, what's up? Good afternoon, my friend. How are you? I am. Uh, I am doing well. Can't complain. You know, it's the weekend. Yeah, exciting. It's a little little downtime. Been some good times for the Nuggets. This was a good week. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. Which is which is nice. It's nice to have a good week um, <laughs> so early in the season. Yeah. Um, also joining us, we are as we go across across the country. Tonight, uh, we have Mr. Jeremy Poli all the way down in Philadelphia. Jeremy, what's going on, man? Not much. Just uh, here in freezing Philadelphia. But <laughs> freezing. The, the fervor of the Philly fans is a fire. Uh, that is, wow. There you go. That is alliterative. That's the Nobody definition said we of had a to hot do take. Exactly. Yeah. That is, uh, man, that, that's the talent that we bring oh. here on the pickaxe buttons right there. <laughs> Doing my thing. Um, well done. So, yeah. So, Jeremy, I guess, uh, stark contrast. Mike, you're probably sitting out there in what, probably like 75 degrees right now. I mean, it's L.A., so, you know, how, how often are you going to miss if that's your guess? That's exactly <laughs> <Right>. so. <laughs> I'm a safe gambler when it comes to yeah, the weather. Well done. All right. Well, tell you what, guys, let's get into it, man. Um, so huge, as Mike, as you alluded to, man, huge week uh, for the Nuggets. Good week for the Nuggets. But uh, last week when we were on, we were on the same time, of course, and uh, the Nuggets had a game last Saturday as well against the defending champion Golden State Warriors. They end up, that is the one loss they had this week. They end up losing that game um, to Golden State, 127-108. Mike, how much how much can you take away from this game or how much of it is, you know, it was the third game in four nights, it's the world champs, this is a schedule loss? You know, I mean I, I think you I think you look at all of that, um and, and it was it was it was a healthy loss. So it was at I think twenty points, nineteen points, something like that. Um right. they they hung in there a lot. Um they, they definitely had some stretches where they played pretty well. Um but yeah, frankly, they they were just outclassed. I mean, it, it right. just it, they were they were wiped out, and and by the same token, you know, Golden State, my gosh, they're just they're just clicking on every cylinder right now, and they know it, and they they feel it, and they're having fun together, and it's, it's great basketball to watch as long as they're not playing against your team, you know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, you, you bring up a good point there that they. I mean, the Nuggets. They did hang in for a while. I think. I mean, it was. It was sixty to. Um, sixty to fifty-five at halftime. So they were only down by five at half. 
But then they came out in that they came out in the third, third quarter. quarter. Yeah. They just, oh, they got How the many did Golden State put up? Like 40? 43. I got a uh, 43. 43 points. So Yeah. yeah exactly. And that's and then and then it was all it was all she wrote. Jeremy, what what do you think about about that game? Do you also kind of agree though that maybe the Nuggets I mean they played they played tough. They just they just kind of didn't have they were just completely outmatched, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about, um, I think it was five games in seven nights that they'd played beforehand, which right. I think it's yeah. funny. That was uh, Malone's uh, post-game comments. He was saying, uh, you know, I'm not going to mention that we've played five games in the past seven <laughs> nights, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you, you know, I, I'm kind of, at first I was okay with it because we had such a strong second quarter and it's like, yes, that's the nuggets that we know, but um, right. To, to take a second look at it, um, I mean, really, that was our, our our bench with Jokic that did such an awesome job in the second. And our starters just got blown away every time they stepped on the court. Their first string together, negative 11. Um, their second string together at the end of the second, they come in after the entire team is hot and they go ice cold for negative six in just a few minutes, uh, three right. minutes. And then they come out the second half. And it was way too much for Malone to even take, and he pulled him for the rest of the game all at once. So, um, you, you know, you, we still – the teams that win in the playoffs are the ones who have that solid starting group. And I, we, we, we do still need to see that. Um, I'm, I'm very happy with the way our bench can play um, and how Jokic can play with so many different people. But, you know, we do need to start seeing more out of our, um, our starters and – Actually, just recently this past week, other than that game, we we've seen a a, a good step forward. Yeah, you know, part of that was that was really hard. Was we'd had three or four games before that where our third quarters were just we were killing everybody we were playing against when we came out in the third quarter, and so we'd had two or three, now nah, probably three or four games where that third quarter was so pro Nuggets that just just watching us fold up like a bad card table, man, was just that was that was one ugly night. The rest has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It was. It, <laughs> It was kind of like it, it got to a point too where I think with Coach Malone, because um, he said he said he didn't like the look in their eyes. Um, I believe was 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 his quote there at the uh, uh, end of the game when he was talking about that that hockey shift, mm-hmm. if you will, when he took the entire starters out. Um, I wonder though if it w- it simply was because because you're right too. He kind of kept slyly mentioning about how they played five games in seven nights. Um, but uh, I wonder if he was, it, it was basically, he kind of said, all right, you know, the, it really, we just don't have it because there was, there was times where the nuggets were really still putting in the, the effort um, and making like a spe- specifically on defense, still making their rotations. But uh, you know, the warriors are just so great with their ball movement. And then they have, they have the greatest shooters in the world um, that, that it doesn't really, you, you efforts only going to get you so far. I mean, these guys are just going to score points. Um, and I think coach kind of, you know, I kind of, he just, he realized early on, he said, all right, this one is, uh, this one is done. And and then he just went to the, went to the bench. And I, I wouldn't read into it, I guess, as much that he was, he was all that upset with, with the starters that they, he just kind of was like, all right, this is, this game is over. Um, let's move on though. Cause you know what, that, that was, that was really the only down part of the entire week. Um. Next up, the next game, the Nuggets, of course, they played, uh, I believe it was Tuesday. Um, they played against the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets were in town. Uh, Nicole Jokic goes for a new career high, 41 points. Um, it's it's funny. Everybody, if you were listening to anybody who was talking about daily, or who does like daily fantasy, um, which is not me. I have a fantasy basketball team that I never update. But, <laughs> yeah, you uh, <laughs> knows, right? How you doing there? Uh, probably not good. I should check on it. <laughs> um, but but everybody was saying, hey, you should be playing Jokic tonight because he's gonna he always is gonna have. Uh, a big game against the Nets, especially because I think it's because you know Timothy Mozgov is is as much as I love Mozzie, um, that type of center that that slow mm-hmm. um, kind of just uh, not not like a goon, but just a, a stiff, really in, in the sense of the word, just a <laughs> stiff. But you know he's he's the, he's a guy who doesn't have the type of of skills that are that are going to give Jokic any trouble. Jokic is going to feast on a guy like that, and he does. He ends up having 41 points. Jeremy, what did you think was the most impressive part about Jokic's night against the Nets? So we because we've learned to not expect this on a nightly basis from Jokic, but 
you know, we've seen him hit 40. We've seen him throw up a lot of points. Um, that didn't impress me as much as um, his chemistry with Millsap that night. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, one of the big question right. marks for, for our, our team this season. And Millsap shot, uh, it might have even been his most efficient night the entire season. He, 63%, he got 17 points. Um, and he was the same defensive monster and they, and he was, um, yielding to Jokic in this game. Uh, he was taking the easy shots for himself, which is great to see, but he was facility. He was giving the ball to Jokic to facilitate and it just, it hit this perfect chemistry. Granted, not a lot of opposition as you brought out. Mozgov is not the guy that you, (laughs) you know, the big mountain that you say you climbed, but we, we got to see the 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 unity behind these two and and Jokic getting forty one and Millsap getting his and us blowing the team out of the water is exactly what we want to see. Yeah, exactly. That was um, that was a, it was just an impressive night all around. You know, the main thing, one thing I really noticed um, that Jokic was uh, was doing in that in that game was, I mean, he was aggressive, right? He shot a lot of balls from the top of the key mm-hmm. or, or from the three-point range. I think he had – what did he – he ended up shooting um, nine three-pointers. I mean, how often does Jokic shoot nine three-pointers? Mike, how much did you notice about the aggression, and how good is that for the Nuggets uh, if Jokic is having that aggressive-type play where he's shooting 25 shots in a game? You know, I my, my favorite thing about Jokic, and, and this is – I mean – after almost every game, um, he, he goes down this road somehow, and especially when they're successful, is, and, and Jeremy already brought it up, you know, talking about the easy play, the simple shot. You know, Jokic talks about that all the time, and I, and, I, and I do think that's probably the 17 easiest points Paul Millsap ever scored in a game. I mean, it was right. everything he took was just there and wide open. And so I love the fact that, you know, Jokic – talked about even that night you know they talked about you were really aggressive tonight and he said well it was working and i was feeling it right and and so he doesn't think of it in terms of i got to put up this many shots every night he thinks of it more in terms of well they gave me this and i was feeling it and i could put the ball down anyway so i'm going to take advantage of this crack in their armor and if they don't give him that or if his shot's not falling He's got he's got 20 other tools that he can roll to 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 make sure that he makes a positive difference in the game and still does the right things in the right way. And so, you know, your your original question of, you know, what what's the most impressive part of the 41 points when you ask it is is everything else. You know, Um, it was it was his high scoring game ever. And still, it was much more impressive how he was able to he he got Millsap those 17 points. And there were a couple of his usual, you know thread the needle passes during that game and things like that, right. that the, the fact that it was 12 boards, right? Five, five assists that night. Do I remember those numbers, right? Correct. Um, you know, that on top of 41 points and, and doing everything for everybody, he, he was, he was the reason it worked and everything but the 41 points was, was what blew me away. Just incredible. Yeah. He, um, you're right. Cause he's still like, he, I mean, he fills up the box score. Um, in more ways than just scoring, it's just it's it, when so when he does that as well, uh, it just it brings the Nuggets to another level. But you're right, he because he mentioned that after the game, you know, he said that hey, you know, this, I just I was feeling it tonight. And what, what was interesting is is I think he missed like a fir- his first couple shots, and then and then he started knocking them down, and and he just then he just got rolling and just kept shooting it. Um, so uh, maybe maybe hopefully it's a sign that you know that he's gonna. He's not if he misses those first couple, you know, not he's not going to get tentative as we've seen him in the past. Um, oh, and although, man, I mean, what, what could you say about that night? It was kind of funny that the the crowd was chanting, chanting MVP um, for him, <laughs> yeah. which, which yeah. he laughed about. Yeah, uh, he loved it. He thought that was hilarious. But he, he reminds me of, I mean, his his mindset reminds me of. Um, I please please don't ever test me on this because I uh, since I was a little kid I haven't tried it but um, learning martial arts when you're young one of the first things they teach you is basically how to use whatever is being used against you against the other person right and and just right. just take whatever you're given and turn it back around into something negative for them and and that's really that seems like Jokic's mindset all the time is what are they giving me and how do I exploit it and and that's that's a great way to win basketball games so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he's um, 
and, and and it also shows that like he's not a fluke, right? Like he's yep. he's adjusting to how they're adjusting to him, and he's still finding ways um, to be effective. Effective. Uh, I just man, I just I just really thought it was cool though. You know, it just it was a cool moment for Jokic because and, and for Denver really because it's like finally you have this this guy who who the fans can get behind and who the fans can believe in and i mean we haven't heard we haven't heard mvp chance in in denver for hmm. for a nugget at least um in quite <laughs> some time so that was that was, it, it was a cool moment i was it's was, it was really cool to see even though even though it was a somewhat sparse crowd and there cool. on tuesday night i'm also glad it happened this early in the season it, because it has been a bit of a bumpy road it's a reminder that Jokic can do this, you know, I'm not going to say whenever he wants, but it, if right. he wants to take over and just throw throw points up, he has that ability to do so. And they're, they're just all trying to learn how to play together. He's not trying to worry about that. And, and so it's great at this point in time as a fan, as even a teammate, to remind yourself that, yes, we do have a lot here. But let's not throw everything away just to get points for Jokic. Let's try and come together and become a better team. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well said. Absolutely. <clears throat> and you know the the other thing about it too, when it comes to him him lighting it up is is he's shooting. He shoots such an efficient um, uh, shooting percentage. He's actually shooting. He's still in the. He's still just barely hanging on to the fifty forty ninety. Um, Shooting percentages, he's just barely at ninety percent on his free throws. But um, a guy like that, I mean, if, if as long as he can shoot with that type of efficiency, he's always going to be able to score. Um, all right, let's get let's get into the final uh, last game here to recap at least, um, which was the the Thunder man. Talk about a big game. So I think this is the first game of the year that the Nuggets were on TNT, um, and it it just had it kind of had that feel. Especially, I, so I didn't go to this game. Um, it was it was a, I'm, I'm too I'm too old is what it comes down to and it was way too late of a start for me, <laughs> um, but the the Nuggets uh, at least from the the TV perspective it had that feel almost almost like a playoff game because you know you had um, you have Kevin Harlan and you have Reggie Miller mispronouncing Jokic's name, um, <laughs> and, and but it's giving you <laughs> it's. Uh, Good eleven, um, yep. but it's it gave it really kind of gave you that feeling that excitement of of uh, of, of playoff basketball even though we're we're still so early in the year um, and then the Nuggets come out and they win I mean they beat Oklahoma City who has been I probably their biggest nemesis I would say um, at least since probably since the the Mellow era ended because if you think about it right when the Mellow era ended um, it was the Thunder who knocked the Nuggets out of the playoffs that year um, and have basically owned the uh northwest division ever since knocked so, us out last year i mean they they yeah they, yeah they've it's they they've always they've always kind of uh not only had our number but uh you know it's it's a it's a division game and they're right up the road and they're also those you know competing for fans in their small spaces type of a team so yeah they're they're always tough games they always come to play and um it was fun it was fun to watch Right. Well, and and you got you got Russell Westbrook, who is uh, who is he's one of the most exciting players um, in the NBA to watch for sure. Um, Mike, what what did you uh, would you uh, I guess would you call this a statement win? Is it too early to to say something like that? Because like I said, the Thunder are kind of the, basically been the cream of the crop of the Northwest Division for for almost nearly a decade now. Huh. Um. You know, from from the perspective of, I mean, what we were just talking about, from the perspective of um, a, a win against a team in your division um, who you know is going to matter, who's got three all-stars on the team and last year's MVP on the team, and, and especially given the fact that, um, you know, there's very little doubt that uh, Westbrook has been uh, on a bit of a campaign to try to knock Jokic down a peg here and there right. um, in some of the games, right? Um, from all of those perspectives... This is absolutely a statement game. Um, the only way I'd say maybe not is um, the Thunder are obviously, at least yet, they haven't worked it out just yet. And so they are obviously not the team that everybody expected them to be just yet. And their record right. reflects it just now. Um, and and they are 
they are three guys trying to figure out what Jokic and Millsap were trying to figure out those first four or five games of the season and, and may still stumble on on occasion. And, and trying to do that with those three guys just hasn't quite clicked. Um, I I hope it does as a basketball fan. Um, I hope it doesn't as a Nuggets fan, and, and we'll see where that all goes. Right. Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point because we see this a lot. Um, we saw this with the Heat when, when Chris Bosh and, and – LeBron James went down there with Dwayne Wade. Uh, we saw it a bit with um, the the Cavaliers when when LeBron went there, um, and, and we're seeing it now with uh, with the with the uh, Thunder as as just as well as like um, you know we, we kind of even with the Warriors as well. We saw that last year. So there's there there's something that I, I think that makes it almost like not a statement win in my mind because the the thunder are still trying to figure this out like you're saying and 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 i think they will and i think they they've got all that talent that you were talking about so that um they will if if you beat this team uh you know a couple months down the road then it's probably going to be a statement game but right now um they're still kind of figuring it out which makes it uh not quite there for me plus we're like what i mean we're 12 games in so it's it's a little bit hard yeah. to be saying anything's a statement right now um jeremy what about you i mean how big is this win in your mind for the nuggets well, I mean, because it's November, I can't call it a statement game. Um, I, that That's not the time when you make a statement. It would be like making a statement to an empty room. There's there's nobody <laughs> there to be, you know, claiming a, the throne or anything like that. Well, wait, hold on. I, w- I would say that there'd, there'd be like those three guys, you know, in the back doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the room. Yeah, that's perfect. But, uh, but, um, I mean, for starters, as far as statements go, uh, Mike brought it up about this uh, this weird little uh, Westbrook Jokic thing. Um, I thought that was an unbelievable foul in the preseason game that Westbrook put right. on him. Uh, yeah, one of the most ridiculous fouls I've seen in a long time. And uh, Jokic. Um, Jokic was a dog in this game. I loved watching that. You know, his his stats weren't, um, you know, anything to, to truly love or to highlight. But just watching him and what he was doing, you know, this is a team studded with all-stars that he's up against. And here he is. He's a kid still. And um, he, he put an elbow into Westbrook's face early on in the game. Yeah. It did actually right. it did look somewhat unintentional. But that's just how he was playing. He didn't care who was there. He was fighting through everything. In the paint, he was going to town on Mello. It was a blast. I saw it early on. And oh, go ahead. No, I'm laughing. Okay, That's just, I I loved it. it. It was awesome. Yeah, and it just kept going the whole game. And Mello would, would like look over at the refs, like what's like, come on, give me something here. And <laughs> and Jokic really was being ridiculous. And and you know maybe that that was actually took away from the overall performance that Jokic could have done, but. To see that as a fan um, at, at a team that has all these um, passive personalities and um, like Mike said with with uh, martial arts, you know, just just holding back and just using other people's things. You know, sometimes you just want to see a bulldog get in there and, and take care of business. And that's right. what you want to get behind. And and to me, I saw a bit more of that in Jokic. Um, so I was happy to see it. Um and, and and maybe another statement might be, um, you know, the the concept of bringing in a bunch of good basketball players from different places and expecting it to work really great. Um, that might be the statement there with with the Thunder this season. It'll be interesting because it's not over yet. They have way too so much. Ta- they have way too much talent to to keep up with this low of a of a record. But um, I'm not sure they're ever going to figure it out. And so. When we as as fans of the Nuggets go, you know, why don't we we'll just grab Kevin Love from here, and we'll grab Eric Bledsoe from here, and then we'll be this great basketball team. Um, you know, it's it's just you know not to deny these guys talent, but to expect everything to come together. Um, it's a different animal. Yeah, just ca- a tale of caution. Yeah, it, yeah, it well, is. well said. Right, and, and and the funny thing about the Thunder is they're just they're just running a lot of you know a lot of different like isolation plays right now. It's like a lot of, um, they're just it's almost like they're just taking turns. You know, it's like all right, now it's Melo's turn. Okay, now now it's Russ's turn. Okay, now it's now it's 
George's turn, and we'll just we'll just keep rotating in and out. Um, so so a weird a weird tangent here, but name name a basketball team for me that Carmelo Anthony has played on that doesn't devolve into iso ball. Well, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't even go back to college. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the college was the only time it ever worked, but that's because <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was far and away better than any yeah. other player out there. Um, yep. Back in those times. All right, tell you what, let's go ahead. We'll hit a break, and um, and then when we get back, I want to I want to keep on this Thunder game, but then I want to talk about Emmanuel Moutier specifically because he had a huge game um, against Oklahoma City and, and was definitely the the player of the game. Um, and then and then if we get some time. Uh, we'll get into, let's get a little bit into the Orlando Magic because they are they are in town tonight to finish up this homestand for the Nuggets. So we will take a break and we will be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to nothing but net radio on the Dash Radio Network. Uh, we uh, we have Mr. Mike Olson from, from Los Angeles, Mr. Jeremy Poley from Philadelphia here with us today. We we spent the first half of the show talking, kind of just recapping the week and the, the three games that, that the Nuggets played. And... Um, and I want to get right back into where we left off, which was with the with the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, and the Nuggets, of course, getting that win, one hundred two ninety four. The the best player in that game for the for Denver, hands down, uh, was Emmanuel Mudiay. Mudiay ends up playing thirty minutes. He shoots eight for, eight of ten. I think he went seven of seven. He might have gone seven to seven or eight or eight to to open up the uh, the game. He was four from four from three. Uh, he gets 21 points, seven rebounds, five assists. He did have three turnovers, um, which is which is obviously something you still want Moutier to button up. But otherwise, had 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 a great game, uh, his best game of the season easily, and really one of his best games as a pro. Um, Jeremy, let me let me ask you this uh, about Emmanuel Moutier. Um there was a lot of rumors that he was going to get traded uh, or that he was part of a package that the Nuggets were proposing um, for Eric Bledsoe. Are you how how are you relieved? Do you think they still should have tried to make that deal happen? How do you feel now that Moutier is playing the way he is about the about them not getting Bledsoe? Yeah, first of all, let me say imagining Bledsoe on this team it, I would have loved to have seen that. I really would have. 
Uh, we've gotten clearly uh, a, a strength from Millsap on defense. Um, and, and our perimeter defense is where we're seeing some lacking and seeing Bledsoe out there um, eating people up would have been nice. I, it would have been really fun to see. But when you take a step back, and, and I'm only doing this because I'm trying to read into what Tim Conley is doing and trying to <laughs> <laughs> trying to get on his page so that I'm not so upset from the outside. Um, and, and to and to me, we're looking at the the picture down the line. We're looking at what's the best way to build a team around Jokic, um, and and part of that has to do with his age and and the level that he's at and what he's surrounded by when he when he gets there to his uh you know his zenith and so so i i understand holding on to some assets um for the next few years um to us we go from uh um next year with the roster we have right now there'll be 110 million on it to the year after that dropping all the way to 31 million it's to me, there's going to be no off season or year that makes up um, the future of the Nuggets, this dynasty, whatever we can get from Jokic, than than that year. And uh, and so I understand wanting Moutier, um at that point on your roster rather than Eric Bledsoe, who is coming at the end of his contract, a free agent, who at that point would be 30 years old. So, you know, I I at first I was just even with it. I, I would have been fine either way. Um, but the way Moutier's been playing, you know, the past few weeks here, it, I'm slightly leaning towards it. You know, things are right. looking a little bit better for him. So, <laughs> Right. It could, it, then now he could be awful the next five days. Right. Like, Should have traded for Eric Bledsoe. But, um, no, you know, the, the thing that Tim Connolly has consistently said is that he said you don't want to skip steps. Like, he's always acknowledged that the Nuggets were rebuilding when he when he first came in here. Um, and, and he's always talked about how how it's a process. <laughs> it's kind of in the in the, the uh, in the spirit of Sam Hinkie mm-hmm. with the with trusting his his process. That's instead he, he didn't say trust the process. He said he his his saying should be you, you can't skip steps. Um but so in almost with with the Bledsoe trade, it almost to me felt like that would have been skipping a step because the thing about Emmanuel Moutier is, is I mean we talked about it so many times right he was 19 when he came into the league he played like a dozen games in China um, they made him the starting point guard right out of the gate and basically tried to make him the face of the franchise right off the right off the gate and it was just too much for him and it's like it, it takes time for a player to develop, especially especially at the point guard position. I mean, look at what's happening with Lonzo Ball right now um, with the Lakers. Like, it's Point guard is still the hardest position to play in, in on the basketball court, and so it's especially hard when you're a 19-year-old kid or even at Moody's age now 21. So Bledsoe would have been, would, would have been better than Emmanuel Moutier or Jamal Murray um right now there, there there's like i don't think anybody would argue that that that's not the case but bledsoe and and Millsap and Jokic probably don't get you any closer to the finals right now than than moutier and murray and and Millsap and Jokic do uh, i might disagree with that i might disagree with that i mean if, well, I, so if i get you closer does it does it get you where you want to be and i think those are the differences right, right. i mean that's, and we'll yeah. never that's know same. now but true but we'll never know that's the but, big but question do, let me ask you this do you think do you think blood so if you if you make the trade that the nuggets had been rumored to do the Farid and and moutier um and like a protected first round pick um for eric Bledsoe. Does that team with with Bledsoe now in, in the fold and Murray back on the bench is that team still a top four seed in the, in the West? Like I don't, I don't know that they I are. Think, I think it gets you in that conversation. Conversation, um, right? I mean, look at what Oklahoma City is doing now. Everybody was counting them as a top three or four. Minnesota look is, at, is up I would there. Say, but look what Minnesota is doing, right? Right, mm-hmm. exactly. It, it, but that's exactly I think who we could be, and and maybe even better than. If with Bledsoe in the lineup, so so all I'm of a sudden, I'm not even sure it's about. Sorry, go go. Sorry, my bad. I'm just saying. So now, to me, all of a sudden, we are in that conversation of yeah. of of four seed, you know, so, something like that. If somewhere like four to six, right? Is is basically 
we're right now, maybe right now, I think we're in six to eight, six to nine kind of conversation. Um, maybe I guess with Bledsoe, you're at four to six, but at best, what's that going to get you a, um, a second round to exit? I mean, uh, you're, you're probably going to end up playing either, a uh, a team like, like Houston or, or, um, or Golden State in a, in the second round, and and you're not uh, not likely to beat either one of those teams, I think. So that's I guess that's kind of like my point. Like it might get you one more round of the playoffs for a guy like Bledsoe, whereas a guy like Moutier, if he continues to improve, I mean, he's still he, the guy oozes talent and he's got size. He's got he's got all the things that you want in a prospect. Uh, you know, he he could be a serious a serious part of this core for a long time still. So. Um, like I, said, that, I guess that's why I feel like it's kind of like skipping a step. And I think, and I think weirdly, um, just, just from slightly different angles, you know, we're, we're all on the same page. I, I think from, from my perspective, you know, Bledsoe coming in this year probably does, it elevates your odds of getting further up the ladder is all right. Um, and, and that doesn't necessarily even need to be a four to six or six to eight range or any of that. He probably increases your odds of just getting through the door. And, and, right. and that's, and that's all the more I'd, I need to know on that from, from him in that moment. But, but I, I totally agree with, with the longer term piece that, that both of you were talking about from, from the perspective of, um, you know, it, it'll be nice to get back in the playoffs as the Nuggets. And if we don't yet again this year, that'll, that'll really be a bummer. And, and it'll make you think, wow, you know, it would have been cool to have at least had Bledsoe to have made it that one step further. But, but then he introduces, um, you know, issues both from a, from a contract perspective, from a long-term perspective. Um, you know, this is somebody who has a couple of times been unhappy situationally in a role and that ends up biting a team on the butt um, from, from, you know, a, a few different possibilities. And, and as much as anything, did you, did you just, you know, try to reward something a little too soon as opposed to waiting this out and seeing what it is? I mean, you know, Moutier, whether Moutier sticks with us long-term or not, um, he has certainly now started to show himself in a way that uh, he's he's an attractive prospect, and not only for us, but now, you know, if if push comes to shove on something, he's he's also a really excellent trade ship, and and so I just love seeing what he's doing now, both because I just he seems like a great kid, and 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 you're absolutely right, man. 19 years old when he came in in the face of the franchise, and. If man, if somebody had like laid the fate of a fast food restaurant on my shoulders at nineteen, <laughs> I'd have I'd have just totally you know crumbled under the pressure, and that wouldn't have been with it televised in front of a city and state, right? right. So um, you know he's he certainly he's responded well to everything that's going on um, more than anything with all of the ups and downs that he's faced. And of course he's seeing what everybody's saying along the way that he's not worth it. He should be gone. All this other stuff. He still stepped up in a big game a couple nights ago and, and, you know, hung up 21 points. And I, I'm trying to find ESPN right now because there was a stat on there. I saw earlier today. Here it is. Um, only other play, well, two players this season, 21 points in a game with 10 or fewer shots, and he's the only guy who's ever done it for the Nuggets since they came into the NBA. And and that's mm-hmm. that's a you know that's that's a good night, and that's an yeah. efficient, good, solid night. And um, I'm I'm glad they stuck with him. I'm glad that you know because we were talking the the last time the three of us were together, we were talking about will he even be around or you know buried way down on the bench because it looked like you know, this wasn't the point guard rotation we were going to. And so um, kudos kudos to the Nuggets. They seem to be figuring a lot of this out along the way. Right, yeah. I mean, obviously it's um, it's still it's still way early, um, and, and there's still there's still a lot of time uh, before before we can probably consider this. Okay, Emmanuel Moutier is, is uh, demonstrably better than he has been. Um, this year because you know he had some I mean he's had some big games in the past I remember one of his rookie year he scored 30 um, against the Suns uh, I think him and <laughs> would Booker you Bowles would you be there. would you be would you be more surprised to see in Moutier's next game a 0.8 turnover effort or another one like what we just saw I mean he's, yeah. he's right he's he's been so up and down that I I'm I'm ready for more for more valleys but um these these peaks at least give me hope that maybe there's something that can he he seems like he's a part of what we got going on. 
Right, right. Yeah. Jeremy, what do you think it is about Moutier that's different this year? I mean, what what have you noticed that he's doing differently um, that's made him uh, just basically be a better player all around? Yeah, I don't think it's any um, any of the big steps that anybody wanted to see out of him. Um, I don't think any of his uh, glaring weaknesses really have improved, you know, if maybe slightly. I think with him, it's just – it's been a um, – he's been working on the the other things, the auxiliary things, and that's starting to add up. You know, if, if, if as a point guard, you're not the best guy in the world at running the court and, and assisting, you know, dishing the ball out or whatever, but you've do everything else. Well, then you're, you know, Jason Kidd, Lonzo ball, like, you know, you're still an effective player. And um, so what we saw from um, his first season, it, it, there was, there was, between his first season and his second season, one glaring improvement. And that was at the free throw line. He, he was at 67% right. his, his rookie year, which you can't be for a point guard. You just can't do it. Um, and then, <laughs> and then 78% the next year and pretty much everything else was pretty much the same. It's like the guy didn't get better, but he got better at free throws. And now this year he goes from 31% his first two years from the three point line to 48% right now is not going right. to stay there. But even o- any ending the season over 40% is a huge improvement. And so it, it's yeah. a matter. Go ahead. No, I was, I was agreeing with you. Yeah. So, you know, it, he's been working on these things that I think are a little bit easier to work on. Um, you know, if you just get a, a, a teacher, you, you're going to a gym in the off season, you know, you're just putting these things up repetition, work on your form. Um, when it comes to um, assisting in the middle of a heated game or um, driving to the rim in the middle of a group of the top athletes in the world, um, that's just going to take more time. And and so I'm happy right. to see him getting these minutes, but I don't think we can expect um, him to take these huge jumps at this point. And then you throw in the fact that, again, he's only 21 and there's no point guards in this league worth anything under the age of 25. Kyrie at 25. Um, right. Even Malcolm Brogdon, the rookie of the year last year, is actually 24 years right. old right now. Right, yeah. I was like, can he's, you, he's pretty old. <laughs> can you imagine Moody in three years from now? I mean, come yeah. on. Right. Yeah, Good well, stuff. I mean, so I, I think there's I think there's a couple things that you can you can point to um, that, that he is he's doing somewhat better. Um, which is mostly, I think you see him finishing, um, at the rim a a lot more, um, than we, than we used to see, you know, he's, he's getting those, those layups that, that he would, he would just frustratingly miss, um, in the past. He seems to, he seems to be getting to fall because the thing about Moody is he's always, um, he's always been able to get to the rim really, really well. He just, he just blows the layup every time. And it's, it's, and it's been like one of the one of the weirdest things um, that that's been a weakness of his. But I think he's done a lot better there. And then, like you point out, Jeremy, I mean, the three point shooting is and and we don't. I don't think it's sustainable. Look, like I, that's like you said. If he shoots over forty percent, like if he shoots over forty percent to me, I mean that that is going to be an incredible year um, for for Emmanuel Moody and an incredible improvement in, in an aspect of his game because and, and something that makes him a viable. Uh, a player in the NBA because no matter what, no matter what you, what else you could do, I mean, guys have shown if you can shoot forty percent from three, um, you will last a long time in the league. I mean, Kyle Korver's lasted um, what like fifteen years now, almost. I mean, how long did Mike Miller last? And that that was essentially all he he was was a guy who could shoot forty percent past three. But then even um, even as a point guard, I think it's even more important to be able to do that. If if you are trying to to run some plays, if you have a threatening three point shot. That changes the way that they have to play you, and all of a sudden yeah. you're a lot more effective on um, pick and rolls. You're a lot more effective on DHOs. It opens a whole lot more of the court up for you to be able to do something with it, and that might be one of these uh, these keys that Moody is able to turn. That all of a sudden, you, you know, just by working on his three point shot, all of a sudden he becomes better at assisting. I mean, he still has these huge blemishes that are so frustrating to watch, but you know, slowly but surely, maybe. Slowly, but surely, right, Michael. What about you? What have you noticed about his game that's that you think is different this year? You know, um, man. Um, 
Adam Modest from our site um, wrote, a, wrote a great piece a few days ago about you know the the three things that that Emmanuel could do right now, basically to get his to to get his game better. And and man, I I don't know um, if if Emmanuel had some free time in between games, but but you know <laughs> it looked like he read it a couple nights ago when when he was playing because he was he was doing a lot of those things about you know not not getting too excited, not overextending himself, which has been a real habit, right? I mean, he's, it's, you know, you see, you see Moutier make three really solid, really open shots and, and, um, all of last season and even the first couple of games of this season, suddenly you hear, you, you immediately hear heat check. And I think, uh, I know what that shot looked like. I didn't even have to be looking at the TV, you know, mm-hmm. and it just, it, it, you know, either, either somebody draped on him or double covered or something and, and taken something dumb. He, he has, it looks like he's starting to work those things out of his game, which I was starting to wonder if it was going to happen as long as some of that was going. Um, but, but in the rest, Zach, it just seems like he's, I don't think there's any big difference aside from a huge leap forward in the three point stats, which I had not caught a hold of until, until Jeremy brought it up. But, um, I think for me, it's more that it seems like as frustratingly inconsistent as he has been for the last, uh, two plus seasons, he's, he's finally starting to just get a little bit more consistent across the board. And and I say that, and now he's going to do that, you know, 0.8 turnover game I just talked about, but, but he's getting more consistent. I'm not, it's not like I don't expect any dogs, but, but I'm starting to at least finally get the feeling that Moutier can be a net positive down the road. And, And if, and if all he is, is exactly what Jeremy's talking about, you know, a guy who can make sure that the floor stays stretched, especially for the second team with the style that we're going to keep playing and trying to keep on the floor at all times. And, and can just be a threat that you can't sag in on to collapse the rest of the floor and all the rest of that. Um, he's, he's certainly been um, a hell of a pickup in that regard. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the it's almost like, you know, you hear this thing that, that the game is starting to slow down for him. You know, he's, it's just, a, I think everything he's feeling more comfortable um playing within like like you're saying playing within himself um running the offense um he's not he's not putting so much pressure on himself um and that's making him uh more effective and more efficient overall as a basketball player jeremy let me ask you this a guy who's probably is putting too much on himself right now is jamal murray at what mm-hmm. point or how much more do you got to see out of moody before you start thinking hey maybe we should actually put moody back into the starting lineup I just I can't I can't believe that I would see that big of a climb for Moutier that that I would want to put him in there. Um, I think to me it has to do more with Jamal Murray and his development. Um, that as a coach you kind of you have your ideal of what you want the team to be, and then you have the the reality of what maybe is <laughs> is best at the moment. I guess that's right. true for for the man or the uh, president too, um, but um, or manager. Or I'm losing my terms here, but you know the, what they want is Jamal Murray to be a point guard. We know that um, at, at least a point guard in a Jokic offense, whatever that is. But um, Murray had you know he started off pretty poorly, and the one thing he's good at is just um, chucking chucking balls up, being a shooter, a scorer, not worrying about these running these deep plays and things like that. So there's this back and forth between um, you can't burn Jamal Murray's passion and time and effectiveness out at the point position. If, if, if it's not clicking so well, but do you want to completely abandon it at the same time? You know, probably not. So to me, it would, it would, it would come down to the, to Jamal Murray just being so, so bad that, he needs to continue on as a sixth man, which he would be great at, or or purely as a scorer, kind of off the bench. Um, that that's what it would cause Moutier to get there. I don't see Moutier at just ripping the point guard position open this season. Right. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think. I mean, it would like you said, Murray would have to be really, really um, play really, really poorly, um, or or get you know a scenario where he gets injured and just Moutier plays really well. While Murray is out, um, and then that that kind of puts the forces of the Nuggets' hand um, 
to where they just kind of have to play him off the bench because of because of the way Moody is playing. Something like that, I guess, could happen. But I think it's kind of like I think like you're right that they'll probably they're going to ride with Murray and they're going to they're going to kind of kind of see be willing to wait and see what he can do um, because he's he's definitely had some flashes this year without a doubt and last season. Um, and then, and then, if it doesn't work out, you know, next season when when Will Barton's contract is up, um, they might make that move and say, okay, we're going to go back to Moody as a starting because we kind of want Jamal to take that Will Barton role uh, off the bench and be that scorer off the bench for us. That hmm. that to me seems more like interesting. Uh, Mike, what about you? What do you think? Uh, how, or, or what would it take for you to see Moody get back into the starting lineup? Um, I. Uh... Almost exactly the same as what both of you are saying, but I mean, from my perspective, it's it's what it would take is overwhelming data, right? It it would take. Um, right. I mean, at this point in time, I look at I look at what I've seen from both of these two young point guards, um, and and what at least it seems that both of their long term potential means, and and I think you know to tack on to what Jeremy was saying with a, a slightly different tangent. Um, yeah, you, you don't want to you don't want to burn Murray out if if you're just you know banging his head against the wall trying to get something to work that's not going to work. But by the same token, um, everything about Murray um, that that makes him good is about is about reps and and um, you know and and time and making sure that he gets those those pieces together to have enough time on the court to figure it out. He's, he's fearless. Um, he loves going up against, and, 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 you know, Malone brought this up at the end of the game the other night, but Murray has gone up against some pretty crazy point guards to start the season as the starting guard right. at his age. Right. So some of his suffering is just in the fact that he's, he's, he's hit some of the best of the best so far. And, and I still see him as having more long-term potential in total Moutier so until it hits a point several games down the road where you finally start to go wow it just looks better when Moutier's in with that group um I it would take something pretty drastic for me to consider doing that right right yeah I think like I said I think we all we all are kind of in the same uh same spot there all right we got a few minutes left so let's um Let's get into the Orlando Magic, who are coming in tonight to the Nuggets. are going to wrap up their homestand um, here against Orlando tonight. They are the Magic. Meanwhile, they're coming off. They they beat the Suns last night, so they are coming off of the the back to back, getting in from Phoenix. So not that long of a not that long of a flight from from Phoenix to Denver, um, but still it, it sets up for the Nuggets obviously to have the advantage. Um, Mike. I'll kick it back to you. Do, the Magic are they're eight and four now. They're they're actually they're they're tops of their division. Um, how much how much should we we should we believe in this team? Because I mean they haven't made the playoffs in some time. Um, so are you are you buying this this hot start from the Magic? Are they are they for real? Uh, I mean, you you look at you at least look at the games they've played thus far. Um, they they sure look it right. It's most of these wins have not been um, them squeaking by or getting a lot of lucky calls or anything like that. I mean, they're they're decisively taking it to the teams that they're playing against. They're playing a pretty cohesive uh, game together. Seems like they've figured out how they like a lot of these pieces to click against one another. And so, yeah, I, I buy it. I now I, I buy it in the East. To, to be right. fair, um, they're you know they don't have the same competition over there right at the moment that that we've got on our side, but um, they certainly have played really well up until this point, and I expect them to give us a hell of a game tonight because uh, you know there's a couple of former Nuggets on the team. There's there's a bunch of those guys that tend to play with a chip on their shoulders anyway, and and hey you know eight and four um, winning against some good teams and even some not so good teams like Phoenix last night. Um, it builds up some confidence. They they are they're feeling it, and they're gonna they're gonna come at us pretty hard. Right. Yep. Exactly. I think you um you probably funny point there. The uh, X Nuggets. In fact, in fact, two Nuggets who were traded for each other, um, <laughs> and, and Aaron Aflalo and Evan Fournier. Um, I man, I really like I I I tend I like the where the the Magic are at. They are a um 
a young team, but they've got a lot. I like a lot of their pieces. I really like Fournier. I thought he was a great player here for the Nuggets. It's, um, it was not one of Tim Connolly's better trades when he, uh, when he traded Fournier for Flalo, uh, back in oh, what was it like 2013? Um, Aaron Gordon, of course, everybody knows about. But Aaron Gordon has has expanded his game uh, to the point where he's not just a guy who's just kind of a dunker. He was kind of one of those tweeners. Um, athletic tweener forwards that we that you always see come out of the drafts and a lot of times they don't do well i think of like a guy like Derek williams comes to mind uh didn't didn't end up panning out but gordon is able to expand his game i mean he's a good he's a good shooter um decent rebounder and he's so he's he's made himself uh a, a very good player now in in the nba um and then vucevic man vucevic is is, is playing really well from that center position it's gonna be interesting to see how he plays against um Jokic, Jeremy, let me ask you this: What do you think about? I mean, uh, how uh, do you see how much similarities do you see here between the Nuggets uh, and the Magic? They're both kind of these teams that are that are starting to maybe put some things together with their young core. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. They they were a team that was like potentially of Brooklyn Nets epic failure last season, <laughs> um, right? You know, like youngest GM just everybody saying making all these mistakes and it's and it really is kind of weird i mean you you trade sergi baka maybe the the highest touted player on the team and, and all of a sudden you're better <laughs> um <Okay>. I, so, sometimes <laughs> you just give these guys room to play and, and and they can really grow like aaron gorn i mean i knew they had to have been better than than their overall um record last season um but you know, at this point, um, I you know I don't know. Um, and let me just say, I, I haven't watched a single Magic game this season. But my opinion <laughs> is still extremely important here. It's it's still an it's important to me. <laughs> but um, you know, different play style and everything like that uh, than what the Nuggets are doing. But um, the idea of a bunch of young guys kind of all coming up together at the same time. Alfred Payton again, probably just as criticized as Moutier. Um, but again, yeah. he's he's 22, 23 or something like that. You know, um, I don't know. Interesting group, different than the Nuggets. Interesting group, though. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, they're they don't I'm, they don't. I mean, Vucevic is a good is is a good center. Don't get me wrong, and, and he does a lot of really good things for this team. Um, but they, they don't run their offense through him like the Nuggets obviously run theirs through Jokic. Um, but there's there's. You're right, exactly, exactly. But there's, there's, man, I don't know. Like I said, I just like, I like their roster a lot. I mean, they got Jonathan Isaac too, who's a guy who I think a lot of people uh, in Denver would have loved yeah. to have uh, on on their team. They got, yeah. I mean, they got some, them, they got some busts in there. They got Hizonia, who, who, yeah. I don't know. I was, I was really high on Hizonia out of the draft. He's, I mean, he's been worse than than Moutier has, um, and he was the he's same same year of the draft, but yeah, pretty good. Um, pretty good core otherwise. Um, all right, real quick, Mike, uh, who gets the win tonight or give me a score for the Nuggets and Magic. Um, I think, I think the Nuggets are going to put up some points tonight, um, and, and take the game probably by anywhere from six to a dozen. So I'm going to say something like 120 to Ooh. 110, some, somewhere in there. All right. 120, 110. Uh, Jeremy, what about you? What do you got for a score? Not too far off. I'd I'd say Nuggets one twelve to uh, to Magic one hundred. All right, man, man, you guys are not believers in the Magic. I uh, I think it's going to be a bit closer. I'm going to go. I'm going to still give the Nuggets the win, uh, but I'm going to go one hundred one ninety nine uh, on this Ooh. one. All right, so mm-hmm. Mike is uh, Mike is at uh, at Visible Mike on Twitter. Jeremy is at mm-hmm. Jeremy Poli. Um, I am at Zach Mikosh. Uh, we are, of course, at Denver Stiffs. Um, also, follow us on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs, and then go head over to Facebook. Uh, right after this, in about a half hour, we will be doing the uh, doing the Q and A um, live with you guys on Facebook. While we also watch them watch the Nuggets do their warm ups. So, if you haven't seen that, it's always fun. Um, I always like doing Q and As with you guys. Uh, and then follow at um, follow Nothing But Net Radio at NBN Radio. Um, Mike, Jeremy, appreciate you guys being on. Thanks so much, guys. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. 
Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill-up. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill-up. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon.